0: Welcome to another episode of One for the Table. My name is Kim Chi.
1: And I'm John Kung.
0: And this week we just got back from my birthday weekend getaway to Puerto Vallarta.
1: And it was so much fun. And of course, happy birthday again, Kim. I hope you had a great time.
0: I'm actually like sick of hearing "Happy Birthday."
1: <laughs> I know you are. It's I just, know like, you all are. Me,
0: everyone's like, "Happy Birthday! Happy Birthday! Happy Birthday!" I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> please, no more birthday!" Uh, me, no one birthday no more.
1: Do you? Are you the type of person that responds to every birthday message you get? I am. Um, just because I feel like. I mean.
0: I'm also really bad at, like, sending people, like, birthday messages, but Mm -hmm. if someone actually took the time out of their day to, like, wish you a happy birthday, I feel like it's kind of, like, bitchy, like, not to say anything. Yes. Even if it's short, it's like, hey, thank you so much, you know, I feel like just not responding at all to a birthday message is kind of like, a fuck you.
1: Would you ever just drop a like if somebody did it on social media?
0: I guess like works, too, but, um, yeah. I mean, it takes like two seconds to type in, you know, like, thank you for your
1: message. I used to, when I u- used to be on Facebook and my birthday was on Facebook, I used to respond to every single co- wall comment of happy birthday with like a semi personal message. And it would take days to fill out. And I think it was, I think it's been a few years already, but I took my birthday off of. Every single one because I was so tired of responding thank you to happy birthdays that people probably just now automatically, like they probably auto send at this point. And I'm just like, I, but I still, but I still feel compelled to respond with, with like some kind of thank you. So I just took my birthday off of everything. And I Sign only of respond. a true antisocial person. I know. <laughs> I would rather, I would personally rather not have anyone wish me a happy birthday, unless it was in person, which is always nice, instead of <laughs> writing thank you notes.
0: Is this why you only have like three friends now?
1: Um, yeah, I, I I think so. Mostly mostly so I don't have to say thank you to that many people. I think I think that's why it is. That mm-hmm.
0: also, I did. Also, I do appreciate it when people actually like call me and say like, Or Facetime me and say like, "Hey, just want to wish you a happy birthday." Like now, Dad is actually special. Um, But I would prefer (laughs) no one Facetime me this year. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, you maybe it was also because you weren't in really you weren't in the country.
0: Yeah, but does mean I my phone? Oh, is you dead. still have Wi Fi? Oh,
1: yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> and I was fully connected to the Wi Fi the entire time. So.
1: <laughs> well, well, oh. it be like that sometimes. It do be like that sometimes. Um, what was your favorite thing that we ate while we were okay. there? So wait, just to give people a context. Um,
0: so basically every year, like I take a trip somewhere for my birthday. Um, with a lot of my friends that I love. Um, and we pick, like, somewhere, like, different every year. And honestly, like, I don't really, like, care about birthdays or whatever. But, like, trip is honestly just, like, an excuse to, like, go somewhere all together, you know? Um, so this year, we picked Puerto Vallarta. Because, um, I've never, like, gone to Mexico to, like, vacay before. And we found this, like, beautiful villa... Um, for 16 people, and Wood Villa comes with, like, a full house staff, um, like, to take care of us, like, organize, like, things to do, like, around town, and we even had a chef. Um, and basically, like, we got to, like, pick our menu, like, before every meal. So, like, breakfast, I'll say, like, I want this and this and this, and we wake up the next morning, and it'll be ready right there, waiting for us. Um... Yeah, there was a lot of guacamole that was really tasty. Um, mm. yeah, the chef was good. Um, his specialty was in seafood, so like a lot of the seafood he made was very delicious. But um, my favorite thing that he made uh, was actually the chicharron. Mine too. I knew you were going to say it, and I was going to say it too. It was like so good to the point I requested it twice. First time, he just like served it with eggs and i was like this dish will be so good with rice so uh, can we get this dish again but with rice and eggs this time which he did so chicharrón is like crispy like pork skin and then he cooked it in this like salsa verde sauce with like ton of onions and the salsa verde is not spicy it's more like very tangy and zesty and then the pork skin becomes like really soft and tender Mm -hmm. Dad over rice with some like fluffy eggs.
1: It was it was so good. I have a feeling that because like the chicharrons, they were chewy. They were very chewy in the same and very like you can tell they were like full of collagen and, and kind of like bouncy in texture. So I think like he might have just braised unfried chicharrons. For a very long time. Because it kind of had that kind of no, like... No, I
0: thought him prep but he u- definitely oh, used yeah. fried chicharron.
1: Oh, so he used fried chicharron and he braised that? Yeah. Because they held up so well that like... I don't know. I felt like fried chicharron would have been... Well, if he did it, he did it. But in my mind, I would have expected fried chicharron to be delicate if you were going to put it in there. But maybe he just mixed no, it just makes it in with salsa. No,
0: fried sauce once you like, put it in the sauce, it rehydrates it.
1: Oh... Um, then oh, that sauce. makes sense mm. anyway i will probably try to make that maybe with a different sauce but i really want to use chicharons for stuff and you can like microwave those pretty easily and not use oil so oh for sure i mean it didn't feel
0: oily even though it was pork skin
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: like what sauce do you all. use to make your version of chicharron?
1: oh i have no idea yet but like even if you're adding it to like kind of like um, probably like a savory, like a savory uh, sauce that was based off of superior stock. So the the soup that you use for dishes like shark's fin and bird's nest is just based on this really, really good Chinese soup. And some of them, some of the recipes, some of the styles cook it so thick that the soup is almost like a sauce. And I would love that like chichorron texture mixed in with that superior stock, kind of like shark fin soup taste. Cause it's just like savory, just the slightest, slightest little bit of sweetness. Um, and it has the that, that flavor of like Chinese, the jinhua ham. I think that would go really well with it. I want to put that in there now. I also think it would be really good to
0: make it uh, Korean style because when you eat like pork bulgogi, um, it's been like marinated it in, in gochujang, as you <laughs> Americans say it, uh, <laughs> gochujang, and, and, like vinegar and like plenty of like onion, green onion, um, and yeah, I feel like that would really be good too. Serve from like a bed of like Korean rice. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that oh, that would be very good. That is, I mean, like even even that putting some of that into your budae jjigae would have been good. That would have been really good, yeah. 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 So
0: basically, um, we ate nothing but like a Mexican food all week long. So as soon as we came back, we're like Asian food. <laughs> Me want Asian food now. Oh my God. So John ordered um sashimi and sushi, from and then I ordered. Korean puttachigae, which is like an army stew, made it like spam, ham, rice cakes, um, ground meat, kimchi, uh, like ramen noodles. Like there's like a lot of random stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and It was very spicy and
1: very delicious. And then we also got boba. We got boba. I mean, it was boba and, time. Boba. It's not as good as this boba right now, but it was. It hit the spot.
0: Oh yeah. And a lot of our friends, um, who were on this trip were majorly Asian. And everyone was, like, posting in our group chat, like, I think they all ordered, like, Asian food, too. Because we've been in such, like, an Asian food withdrawal.
1: Yeah. If you, I mean, like, that's, even Little John, my boyfriend, the first thing he craves when he gets back from a business trip to, like, Dallas or, like, I think he went to South Carolina for his job. Like, the first thing he wanted when he got back, he was, like, he wants dumplings. He wants ginger scallion noodles. He wants congee. All of that stuff. I mean, like, if you, if you eat mostly Asian food most of your days, like, you, you will miss it so much. My grandmother used to bring rice with her, I think, whenever we went to, like, a non-Asian restaurant. She would ask where we were going for dinner. And if she thought for any reason that they, would, they wouldn't have rice, she would steam her own rice and bring it with her. You know, so many like Korean people are
0: the same way. When they go on like overseas trips, they either have to bring like cup noodles or um <laughs> like daily and straight from the airport and they go straight to like a Korean restaurant. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or they bring like Tabasco with them. So whatever food
1: they eat, like they like dust it in Tabasco. Whenever I travel now, I do check a few things. I check to see if That place gets like Amazon delivery, like when I, you know, for international, most places do, but not everywhere. Whenever I travel within the United States though, I always check like their Instacart offerings and use that and depend and like pack my food needs based off of that. And depending on what you can get from Instacart over there, um, not, not that they sponsor us or anything. I practically sponsored them at this point. Um, I might bring an entire kitchen in my suitcase. Some knives. I got my knives here because of the, I was in sh- Seattle at the chef's Steffs thing last week or two weeks ago. Um, so yeah, I bring my knives. I have my spices. Sometimes I'll bring an MSG shaker, which I'm going to leave here. <laughs> um, what did I bring here from Seattle? I brought mole here. We didn't eat that. We should have had, we should have mole next time I'm here. Mm, I love mole. Me too. Mole is probably my like favorite, my favorite Mexican food. Mm.
0: Well, Mexican, there's so much like good food there, but I think I, I'm really like fond of the flavors of like aguachile or ceviche mm-hmm. it's like fresh and
1: tart, and you know I love my sour things. Mm-hmm. Mole is my favorite, but I think in general it doesn't really matter what cuisine it is. Like a very thick sauce on rice is always going to be my favorite thing of any cuisine. I like Chinese beef brisket, which or Cantonese brisket, which is just like a tangy, sweet and savory sauce that you put on rice. I love like chana masala or pretty much any Indian curry. And it's a sauce that you put on rice. Mole, you put it on rice. Japanese curry... Japanese curry, you put that on rice, like, I will eat the crap out of that. If it's thick and savory and you put it on rice, it is probably my favorite dish that your culture has.
0: Honestly, rice is such like an amazing vehicle. When it comes to, like, all the carbs, I feel like rice will always remain supreme. Agreed. And, you know, surprisingly, um, I have so many American friends that's really not good at eating rice.
1: Well, they're also, a lot of them are bad at cooking it, too, though. That's true.
0: No, but even, like, when you go to restaurants, like, after, like, few bites of rice, like, they can't eat it anymore for some reason. Oh, really? And then someone, like, who grew up eating up, like, mounds of rice, like, that always, like, was kind of, like, a little bizarre to me. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, if, like, the carbohydrates and calories weren't a concern, I could eat, like, endless amount of rice. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that would, that's definitely, if, if you could just get away with eating, Bowl after bowl of, a ri- of rice without any repercussions, I would totally do it too. Sometimes I will just eat plain rice if it's cooked well. Like, there's just, it's just really satisfying. You know,
0: and maybe throw a little butter on there. You know, if you're bad.
1: I will, I won't put, see, I don't like butter on rice. <gasps> I know, I don't. I like butter on bread. Oh my god! Don't really? Like, rice. I'm not a fan. What? Why? Who I just you. I don't know. I don't like. I, I I love both things. I love rice and I love butter, but I do not like butter on rice. And even though like that omelet that I made you this morning, um, I put I use butter when I make the omelet, but so that I don't taste the butter in the rice for myself. And I did it for your bowl, too. I put sesame oil in the rice so it overpowers any flavor of butter from the omelet itself in the rice. (laughs) I am shook, shaken, stirred right now. Top 10 anime betrayal. (laughs) (laughs) Even, like, butter and soy rice? Butter and soy sauce? I've never mixed the two. You know What? what? I should. What? Yeah. That is, like, the
0: ultimate, like, Korean breakfast.
1: Yeah, that I don't think he, I, it's probably a reason why like Jewish people feel so safe eating Chinese food <laughs> cuz like the the idea of mixing like dairy in with rice for me was something I never ever considered until I started eating Korean food. Like mm-hmm. Korean cuisine introduced the concept of cheese in Asian food to me, except for like those couple of Japanese dishes that they would have. And even then, like curry pan and stuff like that, it's like Japanese flavors in Western shaped food. So it's still never really registered to me. Um, and yeah, whenever I ate butter in Hong Kong, it was in Hong Kong baked goods. So it still was not like Chinese to me like the butter sandwiches, I love that. I mean,
0: sometimes, like, like a lot of the cheese and Korean dish, I think, is overdone. It's almost for, like, the American audience. But a lot of times, you know, like, when you, growing up, like, when you don't have, like, a lot of stuff to eat in the refrigerator, you just put in, like, a scoop of, like, margarine and soy sauce, and you mix it with rice, and that was, like, your breakfast for that day.
1: Mm, I think I would do, instead of that, I would literally just just do, like, egg or soy sauce you can
0: throw in an egg there
1: too if you're fancy you know like uh, i definitely as a kid i probably had and this is doesn't mean i did it a lot but i definitely had ketchup with rice a lot more than i had butter with i don't don't look at me like that don't
0: don't no, no, look no but <laughs> um in korea when they make omurice yeah um they always like add ketchup into fried rice
1: oh interesting
0: and it then it like, works uh, really for, well Yeah, usually, like, the um, rice is, like, fried with, like, onion and sometimes peppers and maybe, like, piece of Spam or something and then ketchup. And then it's, like, wrapped in, like, omelet and then drizzles with more ketchup on top.
1: Mm, That sounds excellent.
0: I liked it when I was young, but I don't think I can eat it now. Um, Like, I like ketchup, but I don't know. It just doesn't,
1: like, agree with my palate now. I, I don't know. I think there's, I think there's still room in our lives for ketchup. Maybe just not mostly ketchup. You know, maybe just like a little touch of ketchup, a little kiss of ketchup, if you will. Yeah.
0: Or <laughs> I, I mean, mean I, I, I ketchup use ketchup with fries.
1: Yes. Agree. And then
0: also I saw a recipe where they make, um, there's like Chinese tomato and egg dish.
1: Mm-hmm. And then they like add like a little squirt of ketchup in the sauce. That's very classic actually. Mm. The, uh, There's a, we use ketchup in a, as a base for a few sauces, but for like a Chinese quote tomato sauce, it would be like fried garlic. And then you add ketchup to it. You mix it in with the garlic. You add soy sauce. And then you, if you want it spicy, then you would add like chili oil or dou banjang, dou dou banjang. Um, or I tried to say it like in English, but I <laughs> fail. Gochujang. <laughs> <laughs> jang. Do, do bun. Hold on. How how would they say it? Jang? <laughs> or if we call it, that chili stuff. That chili stuff. <laughs> yeah. So it would be that. Um it's actually really good. It's a really good stuff because ketchup is really just sugar. Sugar and, and vinegar, tomato paste, and vinegar, with some yeah. tomato paste It's mostly sugar and vinegar with some tomato paste, and that's mm-hmm. good. It's yeah. that's a good combination of things that you can just add to anything else.
0: I mean, sometimes like I'll eat fries just because I won't eat ketchup.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I I prefer fries with like either just mustard or mayonnaise. Okay, we're not trying to be fancy here. I'm not but trying we're to be fancy. Like down and dirty. I know. I know. I think must. I think mayo is down and dirty. I mean, no,
0: I support mayo too, but yeah. mayo with fries is not always an option everywhere. But you will oh, always
1: find ketchup with fries. It's true. It's true. I think ketchup for me with fries is the last resort. I will ask for mayo. I will ask for malt vinegar. I will ask for Worcestershire sauce. I used to love yeah, ketchup. Yeah, but these are all condiments that you
0: like. It's not in America, like
1: normally served with fries. Oh, that's. I'm, I feel like you can oh, find one of those three. If there was, if if the place sells serves fries, Wherever you go,
0: you will always be able to find ketchup with fries. <laughs> but not everywhere, you'll be able to find malt
1: vinegar or Worcestershire or, and I'm pretty sure you can find mayonnaise because they come in those little tiny packets too. True, yeah. <laughs> but even then,
0: like, would you be able to find mayo? Ed, I don't know what your fries at, I don't know at, like, mm. a crappy fry stall, like, at the pier or something. I don't know. But you will find... I guarantee you'll find ketchup. If if a place... Okay, are you saying the place specializes in fries? Because... No, just, like, a okay. random, like, hole-in-a-wall shitty place. Hot dog stand or something like yeah. that. No matter what, you will always find ketchup. You might not always find
1: mayo either. True. And yet, I don't think that's true. But I will I will concede that it is... It, could possibly happen.
0: Like fries and ketchup is a hundred percent guarantee in America. Yes. Everything yes. else is not a
1: hundred percent guarantee. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, f- I feel like that is a correct sentence, but I have not come across that in practice yet because what place but also would you don't only have places. You don't go to these places. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying like what place would have ketchup as the only condiment Period. Let's say if
0: you got... Let's say if you're at a movie theater and you got fries, they might have, like, mustard and ketchup, and that might be
1: it. I do mustard. Because that's close to vinegar.
0: Okay, okay, you fucking hipster. <laughs> you're just so cool for ketchup, you just cannot admit to liking ketchup with your fries. I. You just have to find some other <laughs> condiment. Heaven forbid if you like ketchup (laughs) with your fries Oh
1: no (laughs) Ketchup has to be the last resort It is the last resort It is Actually you know what I will always go for ketchup when I'm having like nuggets Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I think I prefer ketchup over any other condiment When it comes to chicken nuggets Fries no ketchup's like the last thing I want But chicken nuggets it's like the first Over barbecue sauce Over honey um...
0: mustard over honey mustard you'll ketchup over honey mustard
1: i do i don't really care for honey mustard you don't care for honey mustard i don't, I don't. I don't <laughs> care,
0: I don't care. <laughs> whatever you whatever you fucking want i don't care why do i care about condiment <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: but i do actually like actually honey mustard is my favorite condiment for chicken nuggets
1: oh nice if you could have any kind con- like Okay, besides the condiments that you usually have with chicken nuggets, what kind of like weird um what kind of weird like off the side condiment would you try right now with your chicken nugget? Think of anything that you usually eat with anything. What would you like to try for on a chicken nugget if you had the opportunity? Honey butter. Honey butter. Nice. I don't know if it'll give you that and just something that came into my head I was trying to It seems of- a little rich, rich, but yeah, I would try it. I would, I, like, in my mind, I said, like, I want ketchup mm-hmm. on my chicken nugget, but, like, I also remember having wasabi mayonnaise one time, and I think that would be really good on a chicken nugget, too. Okay, so then what is your ultimate favorite condiment for fries? Just one. For fries, mm-hmm. it would have to be mayonnaise. Okay. Mine is malt powder. Nice. That is actually a very good answer. <laughs> that is a very good answer.
0: Because I love the flavor of, like, malt, but when you put, like, malt vinegar into fries, the fries gets wet so quickly and cold. Yes, yes. But malt powder gives you the flavor of malt without making it cold or soggy. We
1: could, it's not that hard to make a liquid, like, a powder shaker. I think you just need, um, shit, it's like a, it's, it's I think it's a soy something. Mm-hmm. But you can make, like, vinegar powders pretty easily, and that just gave me the idea to make, Worcestershire sauce powder, powdered Worcestershire sauce, that would be so good on fries too. And you know what I think is the most, the most overrated condiment
0: for fries? What? And it is so popular, and I get why people like it, but I just think it's so overrated. What? Truffle oil. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And most restaurants will like... They use cheap stuff.
1: And and yeah, so they'll you just, could like taste dribble, it.
0: like a little bit of like truffle oil, and they'll charge you like ten dollars, fifteen dollars for like yeah, small thing of shoestring fries. Yeah, and I get it. You like truffle oil, like by all means, like eat it. But like, I don't think it's worth the
1: hype. It is not. It is not worth the hype at all. Do you know what else I think? In my like other fry hot take is that tallow fries are superior to duck fat fries. Yes, I agree, and duck fat fries are so greasy yes
0: and I get why you know like the, the flavor of it but I don't know I just feel like there's other way to utilize duck fat I feel like duck fat fries are from like a product of like 2007 when like <sighs> when you know like duck fat fries were like first becoming a thing and all these like artisanal like hot dog or burger places were making like duck fat fries and it sounded cool and then people like, yep. started getting it But, like, when you actually
1: eat it, it's like, okay, so really greasy fries. Cool. Yeah, but when you cook fries in tallow, you don't have to leave it in there or put any of the fat in there to be able to taste it. The fries just taste a little bit beefy automatically. Mm -hmm. That's why McDonald's fries used to be the best fries, hands down, because back in the day, they would all be cooked and be fat. Yes, Um, and then people were like, ooh, that's weird. Yeah, I think they just wanted to make it, it, it was, I think it was a thing that it wasn't that it was weird, but it was because I think beef tallow is a saturated fat and it came out like trans fats were all really, really bad or whatnot. And that beef tallow happened to be that. Um, and so they converted to like some other kind of technically not as bad oil, but it's still bad for you. Like it's so dumb. And that is the same time where
0: McDonald's um, apple pie changed yes. from fried pie to a big pie. Yes. And it's like, okay, Why? listen up. Listen up. I'm not eating McDonald's to lose weight.
1: It's so stupid. Those fried apple pies were fucking amazing. They were the fucking test. That was like the best thing that McDonald's had to offer. Yes. And now it's dusty. It tastes yes. dusty. Dusty.
0: Yes. And it's, like, dry and chalky and—well, before, like, there was, like, that crunch. Yeah, it was a crunch. And then instead it was, like, super juicy.
1: Like, they used—it's like they used the same kind of fucking pie dough that could only taste good if you deep fried it. But no, they decided to bake it now. And so you—so now nobody craves a McDonald's apple pie. And they think that tastes have—no, tastes have not changed— your product just got really, really bad. It got so bad that even the generation that has never experienced the fried, deep-fried apple pie before still doesn't want that bullshit that you have. You know, you can get the fried pies at Jollibee. What is Jollibee, it Peach? yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, Jollibee fries their pies. They don't care. They just want their shit to taste good. And sometimes
0: Popeyes would have the um, fried pies, but not all the time, I think
1: popeyes is out of a lot of things <laughs> the only thing they're not out like, of is dark meat which like, is fine go, with me you know yeah <laughs> but like
0: if i'm already eating mcdonald's like the diet has already gone out the window and if i'm ordering a fucking pie from mcdonald's like i've already committed to being fat that day yeah yeah you know like don't give me a fucking baked apple pie bullshit
1: Yeah, I'm not considering anything when I'm ordering my like fucking 10 piece chicken nuggets other than the fact that I want the 10 piece chicken nuggets. The only difference now is that I'm never going to get an apple pie along with it when originally I would have been like, oh, how do I want to be like really, really bad? Yes, I think I'm going to be really, really, I'm going to have an apple pie. But now never, never in life. Like, no one thinks, like, ooh, my diet is, is, like, so much better because I had a baked
0: apple pie instead of fried <laughs> apple pie.
1: Uh, either they're going to take our advice or blacklist. <laughs> <laughs> However, one thing that
0: McDonald's is doing correctly, I haven't gotten it, but I'm just happy to see it when I'm, like, driving by it. They have jalapeno cheese quarter pounder, I guess. Oh yeah, and I'm just happy to see anything like jalapeno on the menu. As like a spicy food enthusiast, <laughs> they took a page off of
1: Jollibee for that. So I don't see why they can't read oh, their pies. Oh, Jollibee uses um,
0: fresh jalapenos, and I think McDonald's is pickled jalapenos.
1: Oh, I do like a pickled jalapeno though. I did too. Those are they're 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 delightful. We like, should take a break.
0: What if I don't want to? Well, all right, let's take a break. We'll be okay. back. <laughs>
1: And we're back again. Sorry about that. Kimchi had to answer the door to receive a cake, little birthday cake from the Kimchi Beauty staff, which is so sweet. And then, after that happened, immediately after she received her cake, she got a she got her FaceTime birthday message. She, somebody FaceTimed her, and it was Monet. Monet change, yeah, Monet exchange. We should just ask her to hop on this thing. Uh, she does like a million podcasts. I'm sure, like, <laughs> she doesn't need another
0: one. She wants to do with like, do <laughs> another podcast, you know?
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> Our uh,
0: small, little, humble podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is constantly changing its format to keep things fresh and, well, how, how does it go? New and fresh. New and fresh. New and fresh. But anyways,
0: back to the taco tour. Yeah. So the first place we went to um, had carnitas. Mm-hmm, and it was a mm-hmm. like carnitas finely chopped up. And you could add the salsa on your own. And the salsa itself wasn't spicy, but the um, they had pickled onions.
1: And those were, like, were stealth spice, spicy. Yes. They
0: mm-hmm. were but, stealth spicy. But that's not the tone because the tacos were so good and the carnitas were so
1: tender. And we had, I wanted to say it was $11 for one, two, three, four, five, six of them? Seven. Seven? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. $11 for seven tacos. And then after that, we had a cabeza taco
0: from a different oh, stall. And that is our favorite. And cabeza is like cow head. Um, they first like chopped the cabeza really fine and put in all the tacos. But instead of giving it to us right away, they like lightly steamed the tacos So the tortillas got, like, nice and soft. Um, And cabeza meat is just so tender and almost buttery. If you ever come across, like, cabeza at, like, a taco stall, like, get it. It is my favorite taco.
1: It is always so tender. It is always so juicy and so flavorful because you have to cook that head down for a really, really long time to get all of, like, the meat and the collagen off of there. And they probably, what, just cook the whole head in probably, like, a giant stew pot, like they make with pigs and head cheese or whatnot. Um, and so what you get is like, you don't, you you can't recognize any of the meat. It just looks like a pile of, of like mystery meat, but it is so good. It is so good. The first time I had calbeza was when Kim took me to that one taco stand in L.A. that makes their own tacos. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I'd never come across that in Michigan before, and I didn't know what I was eating, and it was immediately my favorite. And by
0: making their own tacos, he means tacos, tortilla shells.
1: Tortillas, yeah, sorry, tortillas, not tacos. It's like all all of them make their own tacos. (laughs) All of them make their own tacos.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then the next place we went to was a birria taco, which is like um, shredded beef and. They had like a dipping version, but the one we had was, um, it was tortilla and then the birria meat on top and then like a pile of like cabbage and onion. And then they pour the consomme broth right on the taco.
1: It was probably like just a less messy way for people to enjoy that flavor because most people eat the taco when they're standing. There's no like sink really that people can wash their hands after and Mm -hmm. it was probably more economical for them because they don't waste any of that consume um in a cup in a cup that's ultimately thrown out yeah yeah for one taco so it makes sense that they did it uh but it was probably and i'm not even gonna say that it was bad in any way i just don't think i i think it was my least favorite of the tacos but it was still just really good and it was still like very different from everything else but Having mm-hmm. that right after the calbeza that was like so tender and buttery yeah it that that that's a hard act that's a really tough mm. act to follow. I feel like my experience with beer
0: tacos is it's really good, but um the beef is usually like very like chewy and like stringy, mhm, it's like overstewed, yeah, and also I think that these tacos in particular, I think I needed something a little bit more like brighter in there, mhm-. Cause like the cabbage and onion weren't enough to like brine up like the heavy, chewy meat.
1: Yeah, maybe the pickle if, it, if that onion was pickled,
0: but the taco itself was very juicy. Yeah, and then after that, we went to a coconut stall where they yeah. like, um, if you've been cutting fresh coconut, you know, like they cut the top off and then you drink all the coconut water and then you bring it back to them after that and then they cut the coconut in half. Pull the meat off and then toss it together in lime juice, salt, and chili. Mm-hmm. And the coconut meat itself almost had like a texture of like a calamari.
1: I feel yeah, like it you was could really
0: make them like vegan calamari dish with this.
1: Yeah, it was very. Cons- it, when, God damn it! Oh, sorry. There was a car alarm. Um, it was very conducive to savory to a savory flavor profile, and I was very surprised. The coconut meat itself was very, very mild, but it had like a nice snappy crunch to it. Not crunch, but like a bouncy chew, I guess. Um, that was very much like like the kind of calamari that you get at sushi restaurants, almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that it, it was delicious. And we just ate them like chips while we were walking to the next taco stand. And then the last taco
0: stand we went
1: was like a seafood taco stand.
0: And... Mm place, so tortillas are made to order so then like when you order your taco um they press the tortilla and then they grill it and the fish is like it's almost like a fish like they get in like fish and chips in like uk where it's like a whole giant filet that's fried and, and then they put in that delicious tortilla with like cabbage slaw and then like avocado salsa and peco de gallo um with lime and the fish is like very juicy very crunchy um, the shrimp version was a little bizarre. It wasn't what I expected.
1: I didn't have um, that one. What did, what was it like?
0: Cause I, I either expected like individual, like fried shrimp or just like, I don't know, like sauteed or like grilled shrimp, like in the taco. But it was almost like a fish cake. There's like chunks of shrimp and just like fish cake, just like battered and fried. Hmm. I wonder if they did that because it was easier to eat in a taco. I don't know. I don't know what the reason for that was. But um, but then my friend also got a shrimp quesadilla. And I think shrimp quesadilla was actually, like, the winner. Um, It was, like, mm. whole shrimp, like, in a quesadilla with cheese. But it was, like, really buttery. And, like, the shrimp was, like, perfect and bouncy. Mm.
1: I had the fish taco, just like yours, and then I also had the octopus taco, and mm. that one was interesting too, because that was like put in almost like a barbecue sauce, and mm-hmm. it was like sweet and tangy, not that salt spicy, but then I end, I topped it off with uh, some spicy salsa afterwards. Um, it was still very good, and it also just reminded me though that like octopus to me is good, but like it's only good when you cook it perfectly. Mm-hmm. and like it's so easily overcooked that it's like eh, you know so it's like yeah, for, it's the effort it's the juice worth the squeeze you know yes exactly and then i think that like and and like i have this thing where i actually think octopuses are, are quite cute <laughs> so and they're quite cute and they're really really intelligent so i feel like you know if they're going to go for for any reason you should really just cook them perfectly every single time so i feel a little sad When I don't have, like, a perfect octopus. Yeah. Um,
0: I love octopus and ceviches. I don't Mm. love, like, octopuses, like, nigiris, because it's, again, it's, like, usually tough.
1: Again, I feel the same way with giant clam Mm -hmm. nigiri. It's, like, like, chewy. It's rubber. I, I don't see why it's, like, I would rather have another piece of salmon. Or
0: I'd rather have, like, scallop.
1: Yes, scallops for sure, one hundred
0: scallop like nigiri, like where it's worth. Yeah, at.
1: those are really, really good. Yeah.
0: So that was our taco tour, and then we also um, ate dinner at this place called Joe Jacks, which is like a seafood restaurant. But then they also mm-hmm. have like steak and stuff too. It was all very good, but this one, mm-hmm. um, everything was good, but it wasn't like worth
1: like, the intense heat that we had to go through going getting there. <laughs> i was so,
0: no, not that, but you know
1: i was so sweaty were
0: you i was i was yeah i guess like, the restaurant inside of the restaurant it was like really hot
1: and humid yeah because it I was, was raining right all day <laughs> the fan, so oh, lucky um, oh, lucky you i will say their uh passion fruit margarita was quite nice mm. i um, got their orangeade, which was nice I, you know what my favorite thing there was It was their shrimp and avocado tostadas. Tostada, Yeah. So I noticed that your side of the table um, didn't
0: get that much food. And then our side of the table got everything in the world. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I basically got to taste like the entire menu.
1: (laughs) But I think like my side of the table also, like excluding myself, um, drank the most. They, yeah. there were heavy drinkers on that side. You were definitely the drinking
0: side, and then our side. No one was like drinking, but everyone was like eating. Mm, what was your favorite thing there then that you had? I liked, I, I liked the uh, tostada. Tostada was good. Um, their um spinach and artichoke dip with the shrimp was really good. Oh wow, okay. Um, their deviled eggs were like very good. It was like very like. There was, like, a strong, like, horseradish flavor to it. Mmm. Nice. Um, their... Um, Niswa salad with shrimp was really good. Um, let's see, what else? The, um, octopus entree was really good. Their octopus was tender.
1: Oh, I remember somebody getting that and that looking really... That looking especially delicious.
0: And then the, um... Fish and chips was very good. The fish was crispy. And mm. then, um, let's see. Let me look at the photo. Just to remember that everything we ate. on <laughs> the um, shrimp and avocado tostada was tasty. Um, We also got the whole snapper. And then, like, they debone it for you.
1: And it served it like a mountain of, like, garlic confit. Oh, yeah, I noticed that they deboned a whole fish table side for Mm -hmm. whoever ordered the snapper. That was a nice service.
0: I think it's because a lot of, like, Americans don't know how to debone a fish. You Uh, know, like, us Asians, we're used to, like, growing up with, like, whole fish, and we know how to debone a fish, but... We don't just debone a fish. We know how to eat around the bones with just our mouths. (laughs) Yeah, but most Americans don't know. And actually, you know, like, Americans are always like, "Mm, bones freak me out. Yeah, And then I also know so many Americans, like even like chicken, like they can't eat meat on a bone because like,
1: you know,
0: a lot of Americans like don't like to know
1: where their food comes from. They don't like to be reminded that their food used to be alive. Mm -hmm. And they complain about like food being processed at the same time. Yeah, that is, that is, that's so true. I mean, like we're in this weird, bizarre world thing where it's like, um, Folks who were like born in the 60s and 70s, like I think that's when food, processed food became like really, really big. Um, and so from that generation on, there's just like a subset of people plus their kids and their grandkids and great grandkids kids who just like don't understand that you need to grind meat down, ears, nose, uh, you know, all parts of a pig to make sausage, You could use just meat, but companies are cheap and they just don't. And other parts of the pig also taste good too. Um, And then with the millennials, we started uh, going back to whole animal and, and like less waste use of their, of meat, more respectful use of, I guess, processing animals and using animals in our food, but I think a majority of us still don't have that like connection. A lot of, a lot of people like lost their connection to food. And even me, like it's not animals that grow, <laughs> it's not animals that gross me out that I still have to deal with. Like I still have to come turned term- with terms uh, with bugs in my vegetables. Like, I still get freaked out so much. And I buy from farms that don't use pesticides because it's that bad for the environment. So I, I buy from local farms and farms that don't use pesticides. But, every now, but that means every now and then when I open or shuck my own corn, there's going to be a giant ass worm in there that's eating half that corn. And every single time I throw that shit across the room because it freaks me out so much. It startles me and I'm just like,
0: ah!
1: But... <laughs> I know that's, like, that's, like, me trying to deal with my lost connection to food.
0: That reminds me, like, when I was young in Korea, my grandmom would always, like, steam chestnuts. Mm -hmm. Um, But before you do chestnuts, you check the outside shell to see if there's, like, any hole in it. Mm. And if you see one with a hole, you have to throw it away because um, if you crack that one open, there will be a giant... I'm warm. That's been steamed, like waiting for you. (laughs) (laughs) And And you know, like a hole so small that you don't even notice it, and you crack it open,
1: and half the chestnut. It's like a giant warm. And you know, like in some, like not saying in your culture, but like there would have been some situation where like that was probably a delicacy in its own right. Like, it was like, cause that, that's like the protein and probably in some cultures like, oh, that you got the good one. You got the lucky one. It's like when you're <laughs> shucking oysters and you see like a tiny little crab in there, mm-hmm. I think I remember like reading that that was like Abraham Lincoln's favorite part of the oyster was like the oyster crabs inside and he would just eat those. And yeah, it's like these little things that are actually parasites also end up being the delicacies. What are the other examples
0: of, like, dia uh, parasites being delicacies? Corn smut? Uh, I, this is not a parasite, but... um, It's a fungus. You know, like the um, fried, like, silverfish, like a tiny fish that you can get at Chinese restaurants, like, fried as whole, and you get, like, a plate full of them, like, tossed together with, like, salt and pepper? Silverfish? They almost look like anchovies. Oh, we call that white bait. The really, really white small bait. ones. Yeah. A lot of, Chinese are, are called so like good. small silverfish. Yeah. But if you get them the right season, the inside of them are like jam filled with fish eggs.
1: Mm-hmm. And it is yeah. so good. So, so good. You can buy them dried in a lot of gro- in a lot of Chinese grocery stores. And like, you just like, you don't even have to, you don't have to have to batter them. You just like, Cover them with a little cornstarch, and then you deep fry them and then you on and then on top of that, you put white pepper, a tiny bit of salt and m s g and they are the best thing with beer. I will order mm-hmm. that and I will order like I'd never drink beer, but i will I will drink beer with that because it's so good yeah um, I want those now you can mm-hmm. occasionally sometimes like dim
0: sum restaurants like have it too yeah um. It is, like,
1: my favorite thing to order. Oh, my God, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, we skipped lunch so we could have your birthday dinner, but before we go, I actually remembered to pull up our Instagram, and we actually have people asking us questions. Oh, I like questions. Yeah, so... Uh, Ian says, Hi, you lovely people, you. I really love listening to you both talk and especially enjoy things like Kim's detailed descriptions of making and eating a tomato sandwich. So my question is, what is your favorite food for the sensory experience either eating and or making it? It's a good question. For the sensory experience. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I know what my dish is. What's yours?
1: For the sensory experience? Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm. oh, I know it too. Okay, tell tell me yours first. It's broth. Wow. Sensory overload. simulated. <laughs> okay, so what I like about making broth sensory-wise is that everything... When I do it, everything like in my mind moves very slowly because it's something that you make that takes a lot of time. And usually, I'm making it. I don't make broth really in the summer anymore um, because I don't have a kitchen and I don't have to make soup for any other reason, anyone else besides myself. But in the winter time, I make it almost every other day, and I go down to my kitchen and it's cold, and I turn on my stove. And it heats up the whole house and the smell fills the entire house. Um, and it's just like, you can almost, if it were like an animation, I would be getting out of bed and the everything would be blue. And then the minute that I start making the soup or the broth, things coming from the pot, like color and warmth and reds and oranges would just like permeate slowly permeate the whole house as i was making it it's not even about putting things in to the pot itself it's what that pot of broth does to my home in the winter Mm. time and that's why i love making it Mm. so my answer
0: (laughs) might surprise you What is it? But it's actually a pasta. Oh! Italian! I don't even know if it's Italian. I don't even know what this is. It's just, like, my own creation. Uh. But, um, it is my favorite way to cook a pasta. So first, this is what you do. First, the noodle (laughs) has to be either angel hair or spaghetti. But I prefer spaghetti. I feel like spaghetti Mm -hmm. is, like, the perfect balance of, like, a mouthful. Um... And obviously, like, you cook it to, like, al dente. And while the spaghetti is boiling, in a pan, you heat up olive oil and garlic. I like to use a generous amount of garlic because I'm Korean. I'm, um, like, medium heat because you don't want the garlic to burn. And when the room starts to feel like the warm garlic being toasted, and before it is, like, fully toasted and brown you pop open up a can of anchovies. Oh. And you toss that anchovy into the olive oil. And what happens to the anchovy is the anchovies disintegrate into the olive oil with the garlic. And then your entire house starts to smell like fragrant garlic with like a little like fishy from like the anchovies. And you toss in a little chili flakes for good measure. And then when your pasta is done, and I would like to take the pasta out a minute before it's done because it's going to continue to cook in the pan. You toss the pasta into the pan with the um, olive oil, garlic, and anchovy mixture. And then you, you also put in like a little scoop of like pasta water. Just, you know, everything can get tossed better, right? Mm. Now, if you have Italian parsley, I can chop it up and put it in there too for a little color. And then after that, I pull the pasta out. And in a bowl, I line the bottom with fresh arugula. And I put the pasta on top and I toss the pasta into the arugula and then I wilted the arugula a little bit. And on top I sprinkle a little parmesan reggiano or romano, what pecorino, whatever, whatever like salty grated cheese you got on hand. And it may sound a little bizarre, but the end result is like you get like the um bouncy noodles from the pasta and then like soft sweetness from the garlic and a little bit of salty fishiness from the anchovy but it's not fishy at all mm. and then saltiness from the cheese and then you also get a little crunchy from like the arugula. even after arugula will like it retains that like a little bit of crunch and that is like how i like to cook my pasta and that's how i um yeah that's my
1: sensory dish why don't you ever make this for me?
0: I I mean, it's not something I'd ever make for anyone because it's such <laughs> like um nothing recipe. Like it's nothing fancy or special, it's just something I make for myself, like when I'm home alone. Oh. Well, I but would like delicious. to eat your pasta. Well, I'll make it for you one day.
1: Okay. Um this one is from San Sam. Um oh, actually. Hold on. It's just a YouTube video that they sent us saying that this other person is reacting to horny TikTok chefs and that we should watch it. Um, Are you on it? I'm not. It's a long... I looked at it. It's a long video. And I don't think we... Like, that could be something on its own. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm in it. He didn't say that I was in it. But I feel like if I was in it, he would have said that. Right? Mm -hmm. And also, I'm not like... I know I was in that article... (laughs) That was released a couple of days ago while we were in PV saying that like, meet the the thirst trapping chefs of TikTok when really they should have just said like, meet the whore chefs of TikTok. Um, but like, even they said in the article that like, I was the most subdued one and I don't feel like I'm a thirst trap chef. I'm not like Donut Daddy or, or Cedric,
0: right? No, but I mean, yeah. you're like shirtless half the time or you're in like tank top.
1: I'm in tank tops, but it's hot. What am I gonna do? And never in the winter time.
0: Boo fucking who. Excuses excuses. (laughs) You know you wanna show off the fruits of your labor of all the time you spend at the gym. I mean you'll never admit it, but you like it. Well, it's tax the gym membership is tax deductible if I bring it to work, so I saw you flexing in some videos, don't lie.
1: I don't flex in my videos.
0: I thought you thoroughly flexing your little tits. I know. Your little pecs.
1: I know. Your little They're just per little your little little nibbly pecks. <laughs> <laughs> Not a nibbly peck? What the hell is that? How dare you? How A nibbly peck? Your little nibble of a peck. <laughs> Stupid. Uh stupid. Okay, I think we have time for, like, one more. And this one is a long letter, so. Um, hi, John and Kim. Long time... Li- this one's from Shelby. Long time listener, first time writer. I listen while I get ready for work, so y'all make me hungry every morning. Ha ha ha. In L.A., f- in the episode, L.A. Food for the Table, the topic of tomato sandwiches came up. Being from the South, the tomato sandwich is both a delicacy and, quote, old people food. I completely agree. People from cold climates can't appreciate tomatoes like warm weather dwellers, as a ripe peak season tomato tastes like summer in the best way. Um, oh, there's no actual question here. <laughs> I'll well, read Shelby, it anyway. I
0: appreciate you. You have good taste. Yes. Tomatoes for all ages. Tomatoes all seasons. We love tomatoes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she was just, it's this whole thing about how much she loves the tomato sandwich. And um, I agree with every bit of it. Although she does suggest that down south, the preferred bread is super processed white bread. So they'll mm. say bunny bread and Duke's mayonnaise. You know, there are occasions where processed white
0: bread is so right. Like when you're making I like agree. crap single grilled cheese, yes. Like I don't want it on any of that fancy bread. It has to be a processed white bread. It,
1: you, know, I feel the same way when making pork floss sandwiches. Like mm. Wonder Bread, any kind of bread that the cheap white bread that sticks to the roof of your mouth mm-hmm. as you chew it. Like you need that, and that's not fancy bread, chewy, snappy, smacky texture and uh you for some for for some like i guess childhood favorites like you need that that's so it's so important because it's more like, memory with, like, than, a memory than like quality salad sandwich or like a egg salad sandwich yeah yeah agreed so yeah i agree with shelby and she also says thanks for the pot i look forward to it weekly happy munching well in that case so oh, oh, sorry i forgot to love post it. last time
0: But anyways, um, that was our podcast for the week. Um, If you like us, you know you're going to like, comment, subscribe, share. And if you don't, you probably don't like
1: us. Why are you even here? (laughs) (laughs) This is how we, this is new and fresh. This is the part that's new and fresh every time. Okay. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. And uh, don't forget to wish Kim a belated happy birthday on her Instagram and Facebook page. Uh, Have a wonderful day.